but we've got a first-time guest uh, on the program, uh, Alan Smith. Now he's the editor of three best-selling uh, books available from Sophie Press. Uh, he's a husband, father, grandfather, man of trade, business owner. Alan served in the church uh, for 15 years as a Catholic evangelist, radio show host, podcaster, writer, internet broadcaster, all the above. He's the founder and director of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada and has served on the board of directors of the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Foundation of Peora, Illinois, books talks for Fulton Sheen's canonization process. Uh, Al is the creator of the website Bishop Sheen Today, which uh, features the life and works of Venerable uh, Fulton Sheen. And uh, listen, he's going to break down more of his uh, career, his journey, if you will. We're going to expound upon that in just a moment. And we're going to talk about his uh, newest book, Archbishop Sheen's Book of Sacraments. So we've got to promote that today. But having said that, as I have mentioned, uh, very excited to have uh, Alan Smith on the program today. And Alan, I, I kind of just very briefly, uh, you know, ran through <laughs> your career in a matter of a minute. Maybe we could break that down a little bit in your journey, your Now let's we'll get rolling with your book. Too. Right. Hey, Eric, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, you know, I, again, my wife says I'm a renaissance man, and that's the best way to describe me is that, uh, you know, I, I am a man of trade. Uh, people know me as the pipe padre. Uh, I've been a pipe fitter for 35 years. So, uh, But I've also been on Catholic radio for 20 years and uh, have a weekend warrior, have my own little show, do the Holy Rosary, Lives of the Saints, and I do a Bishop Sheen hour uh, in my local community radio station. So uh, kind of a, a, a weird journey in the sense of how I found in, how I lucked into being a Sheen expert. But uh, again, that would take us uh, many hours to talk about that journey. But uh, in essence, um, you know, typical uh, guy in the sense that I was born into a small Catholic family of 12 children, uh, the faith, you know, uh, 11 brothers and sisters that uh, I, I always say made me uh, a well-adjusted child. I learned how to adapt uh, to adversity, and I learned how to sing for my supper at a young age. So, uh, again, uh, live a very good Catholic life, uh, live the sacraments. Uh, my mom took us to daily mass. God bless her. Uh, my dad went off and kept his two jobs going to feed the 12 children. Uh, but, uh, again, the faith was celebrated uh, for many, many years. So, uh, again, just went through the motions, uh, grew up, fell in love, married, uh, have three adult children, uh, five grandchildren, and my good wife is still with me after 36 years. So uh, <laughs> there's, the, there's the cold notes. But, uh, yeah. again, uh, I found Sheen uh, in 2009 by an accident. I uh, read one of his books and got hooked, and ever since that time, I've been kind of an ambassador for Sheen. Yeah, no good stuff. Uh, it looked like you had to fight your way to the kitchen table back in the good old days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and the food was metered. It was all metered out, so uh, <laughs> there, there, was no, there was no seconds. No seconds. Right, there you go. Now, in regards to your, your drawing to Fulton Sheen, what, what specifically stood out to him? Uh, was there like any particular you know aspect of, of, of Sheen that stood out to you? Was it the quotes? Was it just uh, you know how he was? What, what stood out to you? Yeah, uh, it was the first line I ever read of his book. Um, uh, I picked up a copy of Peace of Soul, and it was just totally accidental, and uh, opened up the first, uh, uh, opened up the cover, and the first lines of that book were simply, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And, and that was like a truth bomb. Uh, Fulton Sheen delivered his first truth bomb to me. Uh, that whole idea of unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. Uh, how true can that be? So uh, he got my attention with that. 
and uh, of course read that book. His 1949 book, Peace of Soul, was on the New York Times bestsellers list. And so I thought, you know what? This, uh, he has a way about his words, his choice of words. Uh, and of course, he just met me where I was at. And uh, I just uh, picked up my second book, which was uh, a book called Victory Over Vice, uh, a book he penned in 1939, where he went through the seven deadly sins and provided an antidote for those sins through the seven last words. And so uh, I tell you, he brought me to, uh, I would just say, he shouldered up beside me, almost like that good parish priest that says, hey, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to give you a, a bulletproof way of overcoming the seven deadly sins, and I'm going to give you a, a relationship with Christ and him crucified, and you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And so that's what he did. And so uh, that powerful little book uh, changed my mind on a lot of things. And uh, boy, uh, within two years, I think I had read 24 of his books. And so... Wow. Um, I thought, this guy, <laughs> say this guy, but this priest, uh, of course, who is uh, hopefully one day going to be declared a saint, uh, you know, has this way. Uh, it's almost like he's got uh, a bunch of keys, and he knows how to unlock everyone's heart, uh, and he'll use a different technique if he has to on certain individuals. But uh, his record of converts is impeccable, and of course, he brought hundreds of thousands of souls to the faith. So uh, he's doing something right, doing something right. Yeah, and in addition to that, I mean, a lot of traditionalists will will cite him for numerous reasons, but I, can, I think specifically of communism. I, I think specifically his forewarning of uh, you, you know the the counterfeit church uh, to be erected, which would ape right the ape church. Uh, so a lot of quotes being used there. Now, in terms of uh, of being a writer, uh, Alan, how has your previous books kind of laid the foundation for this book that you've just written now? Maybe you could talk to us about. I don't know, maybe some areas where you, you, you know, you, you feel like, I don't know if I want to use the word failed, but, you know, you, we all constructively criticize our own work and say, okay, I, I can, you know, work off of what I've uh, written here um, and, and kind of build from there. As a writer, maybe walk us through the process. of. Yeah, I, I think what you need and whenever you're going to uh, draft a book, you, you have to have something that's current and something that touches people's hearts. And so when I went through Sheen's 66 books, I started to realize he had a number of themes. Um, and so he wrote a great deal about the cross. And, you know, he gave these Good Friday homilies that uh, people would line up. Thousands of people would buy tickets just to listen to his Good Friday addresses. They would line the streets and listen to it uh, via loudspeaker. And he said uh, in the year of his death in 1979, he says, this is the 58th consecutive year I've given uh, the seven last words address. And so I kind of figured he's got something to say about the seven last words. And I looked through his books, and I saw that he wrote nine books on the seven last words. And so I thought, you know what? That would make a little great retreat book because everybody needs to work on the seven deadly sins. They need to work on practicing virtues. They need to live the Beatitudes. They need to fall in love with the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he had a way of writing about the seven last words and tying it into a theme each year so that his talk was different, but the same. And uh, so I saw nine books, and I said, you know what? That would make a great anthology. And I tell you, I'm a thrifty guy. So, you know, instead of buying seven or eight or nine books uh, and paying 10 or $15 per book, how about I just put all of these seven books together in a nice series of writings, uh, almost like, a, um, I just want to say, a retreat book. 
And uh, that's what I did. And I went to Sophia Institute Press, a publisher that I knew quite well, and I said, here's my idea. What do you think? I sent them chapter one. And within a week, they had sent me a contract to say, let's put this book together. So uh, this book has been uh, quite a success. So um, you could say I got lucky, but I, I just, I, I, I had a sense that people want a, a good book on the cross and the power of the cross. And I think that this book, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, is a winner because, again, it's, it's seven books in one, so you get a really good flavor, um, uh, a good sampler, I want to say, of Sheen's writings. And there's something for everybody. Uh, so that, that's kind of my first book. And then I thought, okay, uh, got this book covered on prayer, and everybody needs a good Lenten book, but you, you need to go and not be a one-hit wonder. You need something else. And so uh, I've realized that Fulton Sheen wrote a great uh, amount about prayer. And uh, again, he wrote in 1936 the book Calvary and the Mass, where he takes the seven last words and he uh, attaches them to the seven parts of the Mass. Uh, you know, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's the confidior. And uh, again, it's just a, a beautiful uh, set of talks he gave in 1936. So, uh, so those writings. He wrote in 1935 about the Our Father and the seven last words. And for years, he wrote about the Holy Hour. And uh, this uh, devotion he had for 62 consecutive years. He never missed his holy hour. And he did a number of little pamphlets and writings on prayer. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to put all of those together into an anthology and call it Lord Teach Us to Pray. And uh, again, that was uh, a success, uh, a big hit. And then I thought, you know what? Okay, I got a book on the cross, a book on prayer. Uh, I need a book on the sacraments because every Catholic home Let's be honest. We don't know what the sacraments are. I mean, yes, we, we, we're familiar with baptism, the Eucharist, confirmation, but do we really know what's contained in the sacraments and why Christ instituted the sacraments? So um, everybody needs a good book, especially a book on marriage. So I looked through Sheen's writings and I said, okay, 1951, he wrote a book called Three to Get Married. And in 1962, he wrote a book called These Are the Sacraments. So, hey, well, let's put those two books together in an anthology. Yeah. And uh, we did that, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's two other anthologies that you'll see in the future, uh, because Sheen wrote a great deal on God's love. And so there's a fourth anthology coming called The Greatest Commandment, uh, Sheen's Writings on Love. And I even have a fifth anthology penned uh, called War and Peace, because Fulton Sheen wrote a great deal about war and peace. Mm. And his name, actually, Fulton Sheen, in Gaelic, translates to war and peace. Fulton really? means war, <laughs> Gaelic means peace. So his name means war and peace in Gaelic. That's what I'm told. That's what I'm told. Right. Right? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, so I, I kind of thought, you know what? Um, give people value for their money. Give them these anthologies. But again, they speak to the themes that are vital in our spiritual journey. Yes, we need to know the power of cross. We need to know the power of prayer, the power of the sacraments, the power of God's love. So um, that's kind of my way. I always thought if my kids won't listen to me, and I've got three adult children, I'll leave them books that hopefully will give them the life lessons that they will take uh, with them and hopefully help them in their spiritual journey. So uh, I wrote these books for my kids. And, of course, uh, many other have benefited uh, from them. So, uh, anyway, but I, I think you get my idea, get my drift of what I'm doing here. 
Yeah, no, great. And thanks for giving us sort of uh, a little uh, headway in regards to what's coming down the road uh, in regards to your work. Uh, now, he, he made such an impact. I mean, he converted quite a few communists, but the one I can think of in particular, if I'm not mistaken, was Bella Dodd. Uh, who wrote the book of School of Darkness, and it was through Fulton Sheen that Bella Dodd uh, came into the church. And uh, listen, she was, what, like head of the Communist Party? I mean, that's that's uh, that's quite profound. Uh, but getting back to the book itself, give, give us sort of an overall flow when we're talking about the latest book, you know, number of pages, uh, and then we'll begin to break down uh, as much as we can. I know we can't necessarily go chapter by chapter, but we'll, we'll right. try to break it down a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, around 400 pages in total. Um, you know, it's a good volume. But what I find with Sheen, and, and I say this in the introduction of the book, is that it may be what I call a difficult read in that you have to keep putting the book down. Um, there's so many truth bombs in the book that you, you read a chapter and you go, I got to, I got to sit and reflect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you'll find that throughout the book and, and not just this book, but all Sheen's of right, all Sheen's writings. You're, you're always going to have to leave some room for pause uh, because again, you're going to just say, that's so true. And then you'll read another paragraph. That's so true. And then you'll read another paragraph. That's so true. And uh, but again, it's a good feeling. I tell you, you start to fall in love with Sheen as a writer uh, because he makes so much sense. So, uh, so in, in essence, what I do is I start the book off with an introduction from, um, you know, I pin my own little introduction, but I talk, uh, let uh, Father John Harden. Um, again, uh, who wrote a catechism himself, was a great, he was a prolific writer, and he brought, he, he did, uh, had convert classes. I like to say he was Sheen's contemporary. Uh, so I start with an introduction from uh, Father John Harden, who I believe sets the stage beautifully uh, in the book. And, you know, he basically talks about uh, there's two groups of people, those who believe the sacraments are channels of grace and those who do not. You know, and um, mm -hmm. so again, what a great opening comment. And uh -huh. it's so true. I think when we, we talk to our friends or family, there's people who believe and people who don't. And then uh, Father Harden warns us of those who will undermine the sacraments. And we've been seeing that for what, uh, 50, 100, <laughs> many, I mean, for centuries yeah. now. Um, but there's those who are going to undermine the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And then he, he reminds us of our responsibility our responsibility to share the faith uh, and to pass on the sacraments. So, uh, so it's a great little, uh, you know, I want to say warm up to the book. And uh, mm -hmm. then, of course, Sheen uh, starts. We start the book off with Sheen's 1962 classic, "These Are the Sacraments." And um, you know, and I say to people, uh, you know, again, as the as you go through each chapter, because again, Sheen will go through the chat the sacrament of baptism, the sacrament of confirmation, and explain uh, the deep meaning and the ritual behind it, uh, you may scratch your head a bit and say, wow, that baptism that he's describing, uh, wow, there's prayers of exorcism, uh, he uses blessed salt. Um, uh, the, I just went to a baptism last week and I didn't see the priest do that, you know. So I, I would like to say um, you know, it's the right, right. I like to yeah. say, you know, I've asked priests, um, and priests have told me, they said, listen, we have these, um, all this ritual in our sacramentary, and um, sometimes they'll go with the, what I call the quick and easy form. But if you just ask the priest to use, uh, use this right, he, they will. 
they will. Uh, they'll usually say, you know, my Latin's not great or, you know, I'll do my best. But uh, again, this is these formulas and what's in these in this book. Uh, it's all um, used today. And again, sometimes you just have to do a gentle reminder uh, to the priest or whoever's initiating the sacrament to say, hey, can we use the right rite? That's, that's how I call it. I call it the, the right <laughs> no, rite. No, you ain't going to offend anyone here. Trust me. We're, we're hardline traditionalists here. I know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we ain't going to be offending anyone. But no. yeah, a question, quick question for you, uh, not knowing the answer, and I'm sure others would, would, would appreciate this question as well in regards to Archbishop Sheen. Like, who, who, were, who, who did Archbishop Sheen lean upon? Do you have, like, favorite saints, people that he looked up to? Uh, maybe it sort of you know came out in his own writing, so maybe you could give us some some backdrop to that. Yeah, well, you know, his uh, he he was on record, of course, just loving Saint Thomas Aquinas, and uh, you know his doctoral thesis was uh, he used the writings of Saint Thomas Aquinas to, I guess, prove his point. And um, you know, again, he he's been uh, people have kind of said of Fulton Sheen that he took all of the writings of Saint Thomas Aquinas and was able to um, put them in everyday language today. And so uh, he used his philosophy, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas' philosophy, in his radio addresses, his television shows. And so when people start to read his transcripts, they go, hey, he's, he's using Aquinas without saying it's Aquinas. And so uh, okay. I, have to, I have to say Aquinas uh, mm -hmm. is his, his favorite. And, of course, uh, then uh, uh, it's almost like I would say that he was schooled by the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's almost like I would say that he was talking to her every day and going to her because he really believed that uh, if our Lord spent 30 years with the Blessed Virgin Mary being formed by her, uh, he was... He knew that I need to be formed by her. So uh, sometimes I think, you know, his the way he talks, he, it talks like he really sat at the foot of Mary and learned from her, of course. And then, of course, she imparted all the truths of her son to him. And, uh, of course, I like to say that he got so much of his inspiration during the holy hour because he would spend that one hour every day just talking to the Lord, writing his homilies, uh, doing everything. So uh, let's just say he... he, he um, it was stacked. <laughs> it was stacked. He had Aquinas. He had the Blessed Virgin Mary. He had our Lord. Uh, who better to be your coaches, your life coaches, than, than of course, uh, those yeah. three? I don't know if that makes sense, Eric, but uh, no. you know, yeah. I'm just Absolutely. trying to be as candid as I can. But Aquinas is his go-to saint. Now, in regards to some of the questions that you will have answered uh, from Alan's uh, latest work, such as uh, why no sacrament is more significant than other, uh, though their natures differ uh, markedly, uh, how Protestantism, even at its most alluring uh, you know, aspects or stages, undermines sound doctrine. But maybe we could speak about uh, the sacraments having both uh, power and efficacy, how Christ instituted each sacrament. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going on a Instagram live page tonight, which is predominantly going to be Protestant, is going to be interesting, because uh, as you know, uh, it's right there in Scripture in regards to the reviewing of the sacraments, and uh, I guess the Protestants will only see what they want to see, right? Um, but uh, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about that. Again, there's, there's so many questions that are answered in this book, yeah. but uh, maybe we can cover that a little bit. Right. I think, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, people will look at the bullet points on the back cover of the book, and you mentioned a few of them. Uh, but, you know, one, one thing I try to st stress, and Fulton Sheen uh, says this a few times in the book, and he'll say, it cannot be too often repeated that the efficacy of the sacraments 
comes from Christ himself. It is Christ who baptizes. It is Christ who forgives uh, sins. It is Christ who anoints. It is Christ who ordains. And so, uh, again, all of the sacraments were founded by Christ, and they're tied into his life. And so um, I think that's why, you know, we have to take them seriously. Uh, sometimes people think, oh, the sacraments are man-made, um, you know, that they right. just kind of evolved. Uh, but no, they were made by Christ, and so instituted by right. Christ. And so that's why the power and the efficacy of the sacraments, uh, you know, the sacraments derive their power from the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, and, and that's why these sacraments are uh, channels of divine grace. I mean, um, to put it simply, it's like when man fell and original sin, of course, uh, took over, uh, Christ had to intervene, had to come into the world uh, to save us. And uh, when he came, of course, he taught us, he uh, anointed the sick, he, uh, you know, he led by example, but he instituted these seven sacraments to uh, reestablish um, a broken friendship, uh, you know, in that, uh, you know, we're in a lot of trouble when we realize, yeah, I'm born with original sin, and now I need some help to get back to heaven. And, of course, baptism is the, the beginning. And then, of course, the other sacraments will help us on this journey. So it's about repairing um, this friendship that's been broken uh, between God and, our, and man uh, and to establish or reestablish a friendship with Christ. So uh, the sacraments do that. And, and, we, and, of course, as you read through these pages, you realize, wow, uh, this is help. This is heavenly help, these seven sacraments. Mm. Now, uh, one of the things we like to see here at Track at Night is live inwardly, outwardly, stay in uh, prayer as often as you can. I realize most people have nine to fives, but as, as best you can, uh, continually pray and talk to our Lord, talk to our lady. Uh, can, at least uh, I think most saints would would, would say this, and, and uh, maybe you can elaborate more, Alan, what uh, Sheen had to say on this. Uh, but examine your conscience at least three times a day, maybe once late morning, uh, late afternoon, once before uh, bed. Uh, it always helps to write out. I've actually had spiritual direction, you know, write down a journal, see where uh, you find consistent trends where you need to, you know, work on. Uh, we all need to, to do work. But what what did uh, Sheen have to say in regards to examining your conscience? Because I know you cover this in your book. Right, yeah. And, and I think uh, with the examination, you made it uh, so clear that um, you know, the best thing is is to try to do it uh, early and often. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of us, uh, some of us are only doing examination conscious at the end of the day, uh, you know, and it's more when we're lying in bed exhausted and uh, the examination is short and sweet. But uh, what Fulton Sheen was trying to say, I think, especially um, in his writings, is that you know, God is always there, and, you know, he's always trying to reconcile with you uh, throughout the day, not just uh, at the end of the day. And, of course, the, when I think of the Eucharist that's present in every tabernacle all over the world, um, you know, Fulton Sheen talks so many times about how people, when they visit a church, they, they, they have this sense or this calm that uh, something is happening. And a lot of them, times he'll say, it's almost like someone is here. Well, yes, God is here, you know, God is with us. But uh, again, this whole idea of thinking of God, pondering, uh, again, of his great mercy for you, that he came into the world to die for you. But um, the whole idea of the examination of conscience is more to uh, really um, just talk about how God is so merciful. Yes, 
you need to list your faults, your failings, your almost say your primary passions or the, the ones that uh, attack you uh, most often. But still, I think there's this sense where Fulton Sheen is saying, but remember God's mercy and what he loves, what he's done for you and what he's doing for you. And so I think it's that whole sense of gratitude. You, you go to sleep with a sense of gratitude to say, yeah, God has mercy on me. He loves me. Uh, we'll keep working on our sins. We'll keep working on this stuff. And examining your, examining your conscience every day, uh, it's a good holy habit. And hopefully, over time, you'll work out the bugs. Um, but again, it's, uh, Sheen does it concisely and, you know, with great love, too. I mean, he, he is a good, uh, uh, you know, he, he's not that hard on you. So you'll find he's firm, but not uh, rigid, <laughs> if that's the right word. I don't know. Now, now in regards for, uh, you know, advice, um, for, for or maybe we can put it like this, because I, I think we have this on SophiaInstitute.com. That they've said it much better than I could say it. Most critical spiritual strategies for married couples in an hour. We see divorce rates still going up uh, amongst uh, Catholics or quote unquote Catholics and air quotes. Uh, what uh, were some spiritual strategies uh, for married couples in this uh, modern world where it seems like the headlines get worse <laughs> every yeah. hour? Well, I like to say that Sheen has what I call four major components in the book, Three to Get Married, where he, um, you know, un unlocks these mysteries and gives us the strategies. Uh, the first strategy he says is don't get hung up on sex, okay? If you, and again, he doesn't mince words. He says, if you base your marriage on sex only, uh, as soon as the sex leaves, um, right. you know, the marriage is over. And sadly, when we look at a lot of times these divorces, you go, you know, the irreconcilable differences. Um, but again, a lot of times it is about sex. And so uh, what Fulton Sheen is warning us is to say, hey, don't base your marriage on sex, okay? Um, and he invites us to, the, to take uh, seriously the concept of it takes three to get married. It takes three to make love. It takes three. Like, it's that whole thing of the, the, the biggest spiritual strategy he gives us is he says, three, three. <laughs> um, again, the man, the woman, and God. And if you can get that into the program, uh, you are set. At least now you have God in your marriage. And uh, that's, that's the biggest strategy I try to say. And that's what we forget. I mean, we forget that God's in the mix. Uh, but he should be the center of your marriage and, of course, a part of the mix. And so that's one of the biggest strategies. And, you know, he talks about the mystery of marriage and motherhood and, uh, you know, uh, again, just this whole idea of the role of children and how they're a blessing. And uh, sometimes they will make you saints. Uh, is that what they'll do? But uh, to be open to them because they, he said, you know, uh, Couples that don't have children and are, aren't open to life have a greater chance of divorce. And so, uh, again, these are just a few of the strategies. But, uh, you know, he breaks it down and says, you know, understand the great mystery, uh, be open to life. And also he talks a lot about uh, what I could call the last kiss or, uh, again, the ending. And that uh, one thing I've found with uh, people who, of course, sadly become a widow or a widower, and when they actually lose one, you know, a partner, uh, remember when there's three to get married, when one leaves, there's still one left. And so if a husband loses his wife, he still has Christ. And if a wife loses her husband, she still has Christ. 
uh, Christ is there. So, uh, again, it's just uh, one of these things that is a deep um, send-off, I think, a lot of times at the end uh, to remember, because there was three of you, always remember that uh, you'll never be alone. There's, yeah, uh, some, some words to definitely consider, uh, words that came to mind uh, that was revealed to uh, Sister Lucy, I think, at Fatima, that um, most marriages were not approved of by God in these modern times. And you take a look at the divorce rate. Now, keep, keep in mind, that was way back in 1917. People getting married for the wrong reasons, you know, for social status, like you said, sex or or whatnot. And uh, this, this is where we're at today. And this is why Sheen was uh, so instrumental, but continues to be instrumental in his writings. Before we let you go, uh, Alan, uh, before some parting words and um, shameless self-promotion time, we call it. Any, uh, my last question for you is, was there any like misunderstood, or what was the most misunderstood thing about Archbishop Sheen, maybe? Was it was he misunderstood, perhaps, in, 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 in some respect? Well, I think uh, he always had his critics, and uh, sometimes his biggest critics were his fellow clergymen. And so I think um, there was a professional jealousy amongst the clergy, and Sheen, of course, had a great notoriety. Uh, and, of course, he was very likable. And so, um, and, of course, he, uh, you know, he won many of these battles. And uh, so there was a lot of sour grapes, I think, uh, mm. when he would fight with Cardinal Spellman and win. Uh, you know, again, it was one of these things where uh, you felt bad for him. You felt bad for Fulton Sheen. Um, so I think uh, a lot of times when people look at him, uh, they say, wow, uh, it looks like he fell out of grace. Uh, but he didn't. He was consistent. He was true. I mean, you look through his writings and you say, wow. Uh, you know, I think of John Paul II uh, when he embraced him in uh, New York City one day. It was 1979. And uh, he hugged him and he said, uh, you know, Fulton Sheen, you are a loyal son of the church. And, and I think that's what um, I would like to say is that, yeah, Fulton Sheen was a loyal son of the church. And uh, again, to hear that from Peter, um, you know, I think was really good. He, he, those were words he needed to hear. And I think uh, well-spoken words. But uh, again, uh, Fulton Sheen, you'll read a lot about him. But at the end of the day, he was a good priest that was faithful. And uh, he just wanted to bring souls to Christ. So uh, again, I go back to that quote, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. I think that was his motto, uh, mm. you know. So, I mean, naturally, his uh, coat of arms, the motto on his coat of arms was um, da per matra me venere. Now, my Latin's not that great, but it simply translates that I may come to Christ through the mother. So uh, I think he would want us to uh, take mm. those words of wisdom with us that go to Christ through the mother. Uh, and go uh, with that yeah. motto. You can't. <laughs> can't go wrong with that motto as a Catholic, right? Uh, so in conclusion here, uh, Alan, what can we help uh, you promote? Obviously, we're promoting this uh, book. There, there's other books out there. Maybe talk about the radio show, the podcast, everything else that you're doing. Drop it all on us. Right. Okay. Um, well, of course, go visit Sophia Institute Press uh, or at sophiainstitute.com. There you'll see the whole lineup of anthologies I've put together. Uh, they have special pricing. Sometimes you can get two books at one for one special price. But, again, all of the books, uh, Sheen's Book on the Sacraments, uh, Lord Teach Us to Pray, uh, The Cries of Jesus on the Cross, all available through Sophia Institute Press. Uh, I've self-published a number of Sheen titles, and you'll find me. Uh, you'll see me on Amazon, just Alan Smith, and, uh, you know, all of Sheen's little books that uh, haven't been seen in 80 years, uh, stuff like The Rainbow of Sorrows, The Seven Virtues, The Seven Words to the Cross, uh, all of those books you'll find me on uh, on Amazon. It has, uh, there's an Amazon page for Alan Smith. Okay. Uh, my, my radio work is simply... Uh, 
you know, you'll find me, uh, if you just Google Bishop Sheen, you'll find me, uh, of course, um, uh, again, on the radio, uh, Radio Maria. And of course, uh, there's a weekly show called Your Life is Worth Living. Uh, there's, of course, uh, my regular podcast. You'll find me as the Pipe Padre. Uh, that's kind of my radio handle. So uh, I just Google the Pipe Padre and you'll find me. Uh, but you'll find me, uh, and again, the tip to your listeners, my website is simply bishopsheentoday.com. So if you go to bishopsheentoday.com, there, my website, I've got 127 YouTube videos of Sheen's television shows all there. I've got uh, 400 of his uh, audio broadcasts from different lectures he's given. Uh, I've got a, f- a number of free downloadable books, his Catholic Hour radio transcripts. So if you want to read Sheen, listen to Sheen, or watch Sheen all for free. <laughs> and of course, I'm thrifty, right? So go to bishopsheentoday.com, and there you'll find the links for all the books at Sophia Institute Press, Amazon.com. Uh, you'll find everything there. So uh, bishopsheentoday.com is kind of your one-stop place to visit to find all the Sheen. You can email me. We can talk. You know, it's like I say, I'm here to share Sheen. Uh, and again, always at a price that people can afford. You know, so uh, we're, we're thrifty. We're thrifty here. So again, bishopsheentoday.com. And uh, it's got everything there. Yeah, I th- appreciate your time, uh, Alan. And uh, folks, listen, hey, thank you all for tuning in to today's program. Get on over to the website. And I uh, just want to thank you all. We've got another a great day. Again, we got three new special guests on the program tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Until next time, my good friends, stay safe and God bless.